The views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, advertising partners, or ownership of Forever Communications. It's time for the Tri-State Sports Podcast, presented by Jerry Ward Autoplex and the Hawks Nest. Now, here are your hosts, John Thornton and Jordan Taylor. And welcome in. It is the Tri-State Sports Program presented by the Hawks Nest and Jerry Ward Autoplex on RadioNWTN.com, the Union City Golden Tornado Sports on Froggy 99.3 Facebook page, and later this week on WENK. John Thornton and Jordan Taylor here today. As we still don't have a guest today, we have uh, we are kind of on baby watch as we get ready to turn the calendar to March and uh, Jordan, I mean, how many days are we thinking here? I mean, because you said you don't think she's going to term. So, I mean, ha- how many days do you think until baby? Man, I, I think I'm going to say about 20, 21, something like that. Wow. We'll see. Long we'll term. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, three weeks from today, Jordan thinks baby is coming, which uh, yeah. because we don't know, we're kind of up in the air with guests right now. But we are going to have Michael Odom join us next week at 10 a.m., to talk uh, all things state tournament, as by then we'll pretty much have an idea of at least the girls' side of uh, state tournament brackets in high school basketball. So, Jordan, how quick, any, did, how quick did that go by? It feels like the season went by really, really fast. It definitely felt like once we hit district tournament time, it just it get, gets into another gear and it doesn't slow down. Yeah. So, um, but uh, yes, uh, Jordan, any any nerves, anxiousness? Uh, where, where are we at right now? How, who who is more ready for the baby, you or, or your wife? Definitely my wife, Carrie. I believe she is. Uh, she's definitely. I don't want to say I'm not ready, but I know she's ex- excited about uh, the process coming to an end here before long. These last four weeks are going to be pretty <laughs> rough. Um, we'll have a better idea after today. Maybe we should have scheduled an appointment before the show, and I could have gave you a better update. There you uh, go. We'll have a better idea of what we're looking at after today, and. Um, obviously got four weeks left until 40 weeks. So, um, well, a little bit less than that now, but we'll see, we'll see what happens. Maybe we'll have a better idea and we'll just kind of play it by ear from there. That's the only thing, you know, me, John, you've known me a long time now. So, uh, I'm, I'm a guy that likes to plan things. I like to, uh, <laughs> to keep notes of everything. So it's kind of throwing me off a little bit that I can't, uh, predict this. This is, this is very wild. So I'm having to get adjusted here. Well, hopefully thoughts and prayers out to a safe and a good delivery for everyone and mommy and baby does well. And obviously we'll keep an eye on that and keep you guys updated on that as we get closer to time. Uh, some housekeeping items as always to take care of. You can follow me on Twitter at John underscore MT18. You can follow Jordan at JT underscore 1823. You can tweet at our froggy handle at NWTN underscore froggy. You can text us on our text line at 731 885 Nine nine. Let's get into the local headlines to start the show. Going to be a heavy basketball show today. We're going to talk college basketball later in the show, as well as some NBA and plenty of national headlines as well. So fun show planned for you today. Hope you'll stick with us here on Radio NWTN.com. We were talking about high school girls basketball. Union City's girls eliminated on Friday night to East Hickman. So their season has come to an end. But the boys are playing tonight in the region semifinals. They will take on Milan, that game being played at Camden. Again, uh, we kind of mentioned this as we started district tournament play, but uh, because of the TWSAA's infatuation with the the NFHS, uh, (laughs) we have to tape delay um, on our live stream, and that's just the way it is right now. And hopefully we can can see about finding a workaround for that. But we don't like it any more than you guys do. Uh, But that is uh, currently – 
where we stand. And locally, uh, on the rest of the side of things, in the girls' region championship games that are tomorrow night, Westview going to play Gibson County once again. Going to try to get some revenge after losing in the District 12 AA championship game to the Pioneers. And then McKenzie plays Perry County, and Dresden is going to play Peabody in respective region title games. Boys-wise, really the only boys team left in it, um, other than Union City, is McKenzie at the moment. They play tonight, as does Union City. So, Jordan, any thoughts on any of those as we look ahead to region championship games and sectionals that will be coming up very soon? I don't think it's any surprise, John, that the majority of the teams left are girls' teams. Uh, we talk a lot in the area um, throughout the season. We talk a lot about the teams in the area that are girls' teams. Um, you know, that, that typically tends to be the better basketball teams. Obviously, uh, you can't compare it girls and boys, but as far as being competitive in their uh, respective uh, districts and things like that, it ten- we tend to see a lot, a lot more competitive girls' teams here in the northwest Tennessee area um, for sure. So, um you know, excited for Union City boys on the boys' side. Uh, they got a, a great opportunity, uh, you know, to to beat a team that's beaten them three times, and all three of those games were close. Um, so this is an opportunity to to finally overcome that. And John, you can correct me here. You've been on the call for the, all the games, uh, but I don't know how many. I believe Malachi's missed. Malachi Brooks missed two of the three. Malachi hasn't played in any of them. He hasn't played in any of them. Okay, He's so not played, played in any, any of them. Yes. So that 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 should be a uh, that should be a, a booster. I mean, they got um, you know one of their best players on the roster uh, who spreads the floor uh, and, and makes it hard on teams. So maybe having him back for this for the first time against Milan this year uh, will give Union City a boost. Yeah, certainly does kind of change the Lexus of thing or the lexicon of things a bit because you know how Milan defends so well. Now you have to account for an extra shooter who really can space the floor for this team, can really fill it up. So. Having him back in the lineup is certainly a big, you know, just from is big from a scoring impact and as well as Milan defense. The other f- side of this, Jordan, it's a neutral floor. You know, yeah. you, you've played Milan two of those three times on their home floor, which certainly has an impact on things. But this time around, it's a neutral floor. Uh, everybody's got to make the same. Go a long way. You're yeah. making them go a long way. <laughs> right. Everybody's got to make that same hour, hour and a half drive over to Camden tonight. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's kind of levels the playing field. We'll see. Obviously, Milan's hungry to go try to win another region title. They won the district this year. Now they're trying to, you know, get back to the state tournament again. And so we'll see how it plays out. How, how wild is it, though, um, when you look at this, you know, that Union City, if they can win the night, they have an opportunity based off how the season started. You would have never thought this. No. You yeah. win the night, you have an opportunity to host a sub-state game if you can yes. win, win again. You know, so it's it's crazy to me. Um They've kind of, you know, turned on the – I don't – you know, they've, they've been up and down, down the stretch, but they've been better as of late than they were at the beginning of the year for sure. Well, and Malachi Brooks's return has really fueled this really good run of play. Played about as complete of a game as they play with uh, the Hickman County win over the weekend. And so, um, we'll be interesting to see how, how, it, uh, how it comes down the stretch. And obviously, you know, would be – you know, I will get a chance to watch it, but uh, that Gibson County-Westview game – Man, uh, to be a fly on yeah. the wall in that game, that yeah, that's gonna, cool. that girls' game is going to be highly, highly intense because you would expect Westview to come out uh, flying in that game. Uh, Tennessee football, they in some recruiting news. The Vols got a commitment yesterday from four-star wide receiver J.J. Harrell. The Titans, after we had a great conversation last week with the Jonathan uh, Hutton and Chad Withrow from Outkick the Coverage, spent a lot of time talking about the Titans. Well, 
I mean, I think the very the very next day or a couple of days later, the Titans released four notable names from their roster, often injured and former Pro Bowl offensive tackle Taylor Lewan, wide receiver Robert Woods, who they acquired in a trade a year ago, linebacker Zach Cunningham, and kicker Randy Bullock. And then in a side note of news, um, as the A.J. Brown Titans beef uh, continues to hang heavy, um, he went on a podcast and said he gave Philadelphia quite literally everything on the Titans ahead of their regular season game. So, Jordan, as the resident Titans fan in the room, what do you make of their releases and what do you make of A.J. Brown? Not surprised by the releases. Uh, it frees up some cap space. It gets rid of some old heads, as they were saying on Twitter. Um, Lawan has he's been loyal. He's a, he's a Titan. I mean, I think he uh, knew it was coming. He talked about you know the last couple of weeks that he knew they were fixing to get ready to release him. Um, so not a shocker there. Robert Woods just uh, didn't produce the way you'd want him to, but you also got to cut him a little slack because of who his quarterbacks were, um, you know, and, and he didn't have anybody around him. I mean, he was he was brought in to try to be the dude. Um, coming off around, an ACL too. Right, and he was coming off the injury as well. Um, Zach Cunningham, again, inconsistent, uh, good player when he was healthy, um, but very inconsistent. And then, and of course, we – um, and I, I'm only saying this because he calls himself this. I would never say this on the air. Uh, but Fat Randy, Randy Bullock, <laughs> um, he, he uh, I'm, again, he, he calls himself that. So it's okay for me to say that. He, uh, he He's very inconsistent as well. I mean, he he would go out and, and drain a 55-yarder and then miss a, you know, a 30-yarder. So um, the Titans have had kicking problems for a while, though. They haven't been able to find a consistent kicker. Uh, since the since the late Rob Baronis, he was about the most consistent we had, um, and uh, he was in Tennessee forever. Ever, he was a good player. And then um, we let Ryan Suckup walk, and he went to Tampa Bay when we had the opportunity to um, to uh, sign him and pay him, but they decided not to. And then you talk about AJ Brown, not a surprise there. Obviously, I mean, anytime you leave a team, um, you know, you're if you play against them, you're going to have some inside scoop. Um, now, I did go back and listen to probably about half of that podcast he was on when he was the guest. Um, and he was he was kind of tripping me out a little bit. He was, you know, going through some legit play calls. I'm not talking about, okay, they're lined up like this. They're probably doing this. He was – he legit knew what they were doing at times and was able to uh, to tell coaches to, you know, relay that onto the field. So, it was it was pretty crazy. Uh, but, again, I don't think we're surprised, John. I mean, we, we've been watching ball a long time, and I think it's kind of a um, – assumption that a lot of players who leave former teams and go somewhere else, they probably do a lot of the same things. Yes. Well, and, you know, I'm sure it just was another fun thing to uh, pick at the Titans fans who are no longer fans of uh, one Mr. A.J. Brown. Um, the Grizzlies, we'll talk more about them as we get into the NBA segment, but a big win over the Nuggets over the weekend. They hang on to the number two spot. We'll kind of flesh out how that looks like as the NBA kind of hitting its final stretch, coming back from the All-Star break, about a month and a half left of the uh, regular season. So we'll talk more about that. Do you, do you like that real quick? I'm sorry to butt in. Do you, do you like the fact that it's so late in the season you come back and you're at a 20-25 game stretch and then you're in the playoffs? I mean, I think it's – I don't know that I hate it or I don't like it. It's just kind of – I almost wonder if you push it back a little bit. But it does feel like the All-Star games on the same weekend every year. You know, right around Valentine's Day, kind of that's, that, that's kind of – you know, everyone kind of calls it the halfway point, but at the same time, it's not. It's not. I mean, it's more <laughs> no. like the three-quarter point. I mean, yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. so, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you, you know, 
baseball, I think, does a good job. They they pluck theirs right in the middle. Um, you know, you're early July. That's right before, you know, at that point, you're still looking at another, you know, two and a half months of the season. You've played about half the season. So, yeah, I mean, it certainly isn't the halfway point. I mean, no. I, I, yeah, certainly. Uh, and, and, you know, now, like you said, it's a sprint to the finish. And uh, teams are going to make playoff pushes, and we're going to see about seeding rearrangement. And we'll talk kind of more at length about that in, in a couple of segments. Uh, Tennessee basketball, they're down to number 12 in the latest AP poll. They blasted South Carolina on Saturday, but did drop to Texas A&M on the road midweek. Um, Arkansas tonight. Yes, Arkansas. It's senior night um, yep. on, on Rocky Top. You can listen to WENK uh, for coverage of that game. The Cardinals manager, Oliver Marmol, got into it with C.B. Yeah. Buckner, an umpire. He refused to shake his hand during a pregame exchange. Um, at spring training, and I mean, look, I'm a Cardinals fan. I did not know there was this long-standing beef between Marmol and Buckner, but uh, apparently these guys have something dating back to last year. And Marmol really? basically said he's not a good person. So uh, we already wow. have we already have beef uh, beef between a manager and an umpire, and we haven't even started a real game, Jordan. Yeah, that's I saw that video. I, I didn't I didn't know the backstory either. I'm glad you filled me in on that, but. Um, it's, it's fun to watch that kind of stuff happen. I enjoy watching it for sure. Let me see if I can find his actual comments because they were uh, they were fairly strong. And, uh, and, I mean, you're thinking, wow, this is uh, spring training. Oh, yeah, here, here you go. He says, he, quote, he has zero class as a man. Zero class as a man. Um, that is uh, – Wow. That's yes. A, yes. Yes. Not a lot I'm of love. Here. <laughs> Not a lot of love there. Um, in Predators news, we don't talk about them quite a lot, but uh, they've kind of had an up and down year. But it was announced last week that longtime general manager David Poyle will retire in June, and former Stanley Cup head coach Barry Trotz is going to take over. So the Predators kind of going through a period of transition here. And then one of our favorite times of the year is upon us, Jordan, conference basketball time in – our conference basketball tournament time around the NCAA OVC tournament action starts tomorrow. The women's basketball team from UT Martin entering as the five seed will play number eight Moorhead State in game number one tomorrow at 1 p.m. The men enter as the number three seed. They play the winner of SIUE in Southern Indiana. They're the late game on Thursday night, a 9 p.m. game. And we'll talk more about that in college basketball. But obviously, we've gotten to go to that Evansville event. Fun time up there in Evansville. And Obviously, you've got a lot of basketball that's going to be played the next few weeks, Jordan, and this is where it gets really fun. Man, this is the best time of the year, obviously. Um, when you look at college basketball and, uh, you know, one thing one thing about it, um, you know, and Jonathan made this point last week, is, you know, it's all about getting hot at the right time. And a lot of these, you know, double-digit seeds have fought their way in because they've won, you know, eight to ten games in a row, won their conference and then you may run into a team that's kind of, you know, sluggish and falling into the tournament just because of what they did earlier in the season. So it makes this time of year so fun. The conference tournaments are always a ton of fun uh, to watch as well. And I, I think this OVC tournament to tie in with what you were just talking about for UT Martin, um, I believe it's going to be fun. I believe it's going to be a lot of fun. I think there's some really competitive teams, especially on the men's side. Um, Little Rock, from what I can understand, women's-wise, is just on another level. I mean, their hands – hands down the best team in the league. Now, whether or not they win the tournament, um, we'll figure that out, you know, in the next week or so. But for the men watching UTM's game the other night, 
uh, looked like a, a massive crowd at the Elam. Uh, came out to support them last home game of the year, um, but just never could get over the hump. They were constantly down five or six points in the game, uh, and just never could quite get over that hump, and uh, and really struggled from deep as well. But um, I was really hoping they would get that two seed because then you only have to win two games. Yep. Uh, and now you're in a situation where it's going to be harder. Uh, but if you get that two seed and you get that by the semifinals, you win two games and you're you're in the NCAA tournament, which would have been huge. But um, we'll see what both teams can do. It's going to be, again, the OEC tournament's going to be a lot of fun to keep up with. Well, and you mentioned that national TV game. You know, the, the sequence I tell people about that just was the backbreaker. I mean, like you said, you know, they're down 5-6, and they're, they're fighting back, they're fighting back. They claw their way back. They take a one-point lead. They, there may have been five, six minutes left in the game at this point, and something happens. UTM's trying to score, turnover, no call. I don't know what it was. State comes out of the scrum with it. Transition three, guy gets fouled, makes the three, four-point play. And, I mean, that that's just a killer. I mean, that mm-hmm. is an absolute yeah. backbreaker of a sequence. And, uh, you know, they lo- they lose their final two, but they do end up with a three seed, which, again, still one of the best years in UT Martin men's basketball in a while. And it's all in front of you. I mean, you know, it's harder now. you got to win three games in three days. But uh, the path is there for an NCAA tournament bid. Be and awesome then, to see it, too. Oh, absolutely. Would be incredible. One last thing to talk about locally. Over the weekend, um, or really more of a Friday news dump, if you will, Tennessee baseball coach Tony Vitello was suspended for the weekend series against Dayton for tampering in the recruitment of Maui Ohuna uh, last summer, I guess, or last fall. I don't know when, when that recruitment went down, but it was over the past calendar year. And, you know, everybody wanted to call it tampering. And, I mean, this is what drove me nuts. And we talked about this briefly, Jordan. Everybody's tampering. They're all doing it. I mean, I don't care what sport, what level. They're all doing it now because the transfer portal, the NCAA has done a piss poor job of regulating all of this and regulating how much contact you can have with coaches. And that's why, you know, we talked about it when, you know, the football portal was the big deal back in more in January and in December. They're all doing it. So, of course, we had to make an example of Tennessee's SEC champion baseball coach. Exactly, and the the main thing that bothered me was the fact that Ahuna had already mentioned that he was going to enter the portal. He had already said, hey, I'm going to enter the portal, but because he hadn't officially entered the portal, it's called tampering. Um, but it goes back to the point you just made. You covered, summed it up really well in that, what you just said. Um, everybody's doing it. It's, ha- it's happening all across the country in all college sports. It's going to continue to happen. Um, so, again, it's Tennessee – uh, let's let's try to uh, let's try to make Tennessee the um, the stepchild here is basically basically what they were trying to do. Yeah, and so at least Tony Vitello gets a minor slap on the wrist. Ahuna has actually had his eligibility restored, so you know all is back to normal at least. But uh, you know this will fuel the chip on the shoulder for Tennessee baseball. I think there was uh, I think there was some stuff done behind the scenes to make sure that was taken care of. And uh, Danny White's a good AD is where I'll, I'll leave it. Yeah, I'm sure certain <laughs> there were some conversations had. We'll take a break. We will come back get into some national headlines on the other side. It is the Tri-State Sports Program presented by Jerry Ward Autoplex and the Hawks Nest. For your next car or truck, come see Jerry Ward Autoplex in Union City. Jerry Ward and his all-star team have a lot filled with pre-owned small, mid-sized, and full-size cars, SUVs, and nice trucks, too. And if they don't have the right size, they'll find it for you. No matter what you're looking for, score your next ride at Jerry Ward Autoplex, Real Foot Avenue in Union City, or online 
online at jerrywardautoplex.com. Like Jerry always says, don't dream it, drive it. Be a winner with Jerry Ward Autoplex in Union City. Segment number two on the Tri-State Sports Program presented by the Hawks Nest and Jerry Ward Autoplex as we get into the national headlines from the week. The NFL has had no shortage of headlines, and a lot of them center around a certain owner of the Washington Commanders. Um, We'll start kind of there. They did release quarterback Carson Wentz last week, so uh, that's probably it for him. I mean, I don't really see him getting another starting gig anywhere Derek Carr visited. I know a team the, looking. I know a team looking for a quarterback in Indianapolis. So. We already we already tried him. It oh. it, it failed. <laughs> it failed miserably. Uh, Derek Carr visiting around. He made a, a visit to the Jets and is also expected to meet with the Panthers at this week's combine. But one of the biggest stories of last week in the NFL was that Amazon owner and CEO Jeff Bezos is reportedly eyeing the purchase of the Commanders and is also kind of considering the Seahawks. But the problem is. Current owner of the Commanders, Dan Snyder, as he has done for years and years, continues to make things difficult on the league. He's already under investigation for sexual uh, misconduct allegations, to say the least. Um, The pressure has been on him for a while to sell the team, but now he is demanding that the NFL and fellow owners grant him indemnity against future legal actions and cost and is threatening to sue them if they don't agree. And that is on the heels of new allegations of bank fraud that came out that someone sent me this morning that's a Commanders fan. So uh, he's under a lot of pressure. And because of that, the owners are apparently having a sentiment that's growing that they could vote him out. Literally, they would need 24 of 32 league owners to vote to remove him as the owner. Um, And it just is kind of a mess right now because – Snyder's wanting the NFL's investigation in him to remain confidential, and I don't know that he's going to get his way on that one. Uh, Washington can't build a new stadium with him as the owner right now because of all you know his bad clout. Jerry Jones is trying to be the peacemaker here, but I mean Jordan with, with everything going on with him right now, I, I not Jerry Jones, but with Dan Snyder, I, I don't see a way this ends peacefully for anyone involved. I mean this is just a bad, bad deal. I don't think so. I don't think so at all. When I read your the Jerry Jones uh, trying to negotiate a, a peaceful exit there, I, th- I thought you meant from the Cowboys. I was like, holy, holy cow, I didn't see that. But no. That threw me off there for a second. But, you know, this has been an ongoing thing for Dan Snyder. I mean, it's like it never, every, every time, and you just mentioned it this morning, it seems like there's another layer added to this for him. So um, <laughs> the commanders, I mean, in that situation, no wonder they haven't been – uh, very good. I mean, it's like they got so much going on elsewhere off the field. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch the rest of this unfold. Well, and I think it's going to get very, very messy because, you know, mm-hmm. you, you've you got all these people with all sorts of money and all sorts of ways to dig up some form of skeleton in the closet, blackmail. Um, so, you know, I told a Commanders fan I talked to about this last night, I said, well, I don't know that, that he can bring them all down. He, he certainly probably knows where, where the skeletons are buried so that he can dig up enough to uh, bring down a few of them with him or at least make them toxic in, in a similar a, vein. There's an old song, John. John, it's called Digging Up Bones, and that's what he's doing, digging mm-hmm. up some bones. He will be able to, uh, to let everybody know what's there. So this will be, be really interesting for sure. This is going to be – 
just get your popcorn ready. That's yeah. really uh, that's really all that you can say. Uh, the Rams and linebacker Bobby Wagner have parted ways. The Broncos have hired former Denver head coach Vance Joseph as their new defensive coordinator. The Ravens and Lamar Jackson continuing in a standoff as the franchise tag deadline approaches on March 7th. Again, we've kind of been through this. Lamar continues to want a Deshaun Watson-type deal with more guaranteed money. And uh, right now, I read last week, he they could be as far apart as $100 million in these yeah. negotiations. And the Rams are looking to trade Jalen Ramsey. So where do you want to go with all this? Man, that's a lot. Uh, Lamar needs to uh... – I don't know if he wants to play football or not, but he's got to figure it out because they're, I don't think they're going to pay him what he wants. So that's going to be – we've been watching this happen for the last few weeks. We'll see, you know, what happens with that. Jeffrey Simmons was actually trying to recruit Bobby Wagner to Tennessee this week. I saw that. So I don't know how I feel about that. We haven't had a whole lot of luck with veteran edge, you know, defenders. So I don't really know how well that will go. Um, and then you talked about Jalen Ramsey. I, I mean, he's – I don't want to say he's not good. He's good. But I think there's a lot of things he does that he could not do. And um, from what I understand, he's not the best teammate. So it's going to be – I mean, you got the question there, what's he worth? It's going to be interesting to see what people are willing to give up for Jalen Ramsey. Well, he – you know, the Rams had to give up a haul to get him from Jacksonville just a few years ago. And, you know, while he's still playing very well, like you said, is it worth the the locker room – I've heard he's kind of a you know, jerk, so we'll see. Yeah. I mean, and with the Lamar stuff, man, I mean, the, the thing with him that killed him is the injuries. I mean, you know, if you're Baltimore, I get where you're coming from. Do you really want to give a guy more than $230 million, get fully guaranteed, when you don't know if he's going to play 17, 18 games for you every year? I mean, I, I, I totally get it. And that's where I, and I also think, you know, while neither one of them has, has had a ton of success in the playoffs, I mean, We've at least seen Deshaun Watson, I think, show Platt more flashes as a complete player. And I know Lamar was an MVP, but I mean, it, it's it's what we used to say about Lamar and what we used to say about Giannis. You know, they're very one dimensional. You, mm-hmm. you can stop the one thing they're really good at, then you know, you, you never know. So um, it'll be interesting to see how that how that pans out. I don't know if you got a chance to see this article, Jordan. It came out, and I, I read the whole thing, and wow, is there a lot in it. The explosive article from The Athletic that claimed Russell Wilson tried to get Pete Carroll and GM John Schneider fired during his tenure in Seattle. That was uh, fascinating, to say the least. Uh, Byron Jones, former All-Pro DB, saying he can't run or jump anymore because of injuries, imploring rookies to not take pills or injections that are offered by the league. Now, that is uh, – Certainly something that's interesting considering the NFL Combine is kicking off today. Most of the major uh, quarterback prospects are going to throw except for Bryce Young. came out yesterday that the Bears are leaning towards trading the number one pick with the Texans, Colts, and Texans, Colts Raiders, and Panthers all interested because they are, quote-unquote, not looking for a Scotch tape veteran as the Bears are going to stick with Justin Fields. Jared Goff was the most recent quarterback taken number one after a team traded up to number one, and some other recent instances of teams trading into the top five, which does not apply to the Texans or Colts, would more so to the Raiders and Panthers. But quarterbacks that were taken, and you're going to find out this list is uh, should not <laughs> bode well for those who want to trade into the top five. 
Uh, Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, Mitch Trubisky, Sam Darnold, and Trey Lance are recent instances of that. So uh, not a warm, fuzzy feeling if you're a team outside the top five and you, you're looking to trade into the top five, Jordan. You know, I feel like golf's decent. We haven't seen enough of Trey Lance and then yep. Trubisky, Wentz, and Darnold. I mean, that's – you just didn't win there. You didn't do Your it. Your backup, minimal. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I mean, Carson Wentz had his one run there in Philly. Um, but other than that – um, but, yeah, that, that article, Russell Wilson, with Russell Wilson, I, and then he came out and tweeted that he didn't ever say any of that. There's got to be some truth there. Because, yeah. I mean, you're not just going to pull that out of your butt and write an article about it. And I can see it because they were starting to kind of butt heads, and you could tell that. And then Byron Jones' comments obviously hurts NFL, and I think, John, you mentioned it with the combine being right here. I believe it was a timely comment. I mean, I really do believe it was because he was starting – he even posted a video of his combine, you know, what he did at the combine. So – I think he was starting to think about the combine and said, I'm going to share this news as well. So there's definitely some stuff like that that happens. I mean, that's that's definitely yeah. – well, uh, that it, definitely happens. To the Russell Wilson thing, I mean, you know, the report was he was kind of focused on – he thought they were holding him back from some of his individual awards that he could have won. And, I mean, you know, the things in that article about him having his own office – the yeah. Broncos facility. I mean, it, it was just it was just weird, man. Just very, very weird. Did you see where the Haslam's who own the Browns yes. bought a portion of the Bucks? It is yes, we've got it on there on the NBA section. Yeah. So uh good luck, Milwaukee. Um, because as we know, Jimmy Haslam is just a brilliant, <laughs> just a brilliant owner. Um, the Falcons released Marcus Mariota today. He could find a new home as perhaps a bridge or a backup to a, a young quarterback coming. So we'll keep an eye on that. And then Leslie Frazier, the Bills defensive coordinator, said today he's going to take a year off from coaching, which means the Bills Ooh. are now looking for a new defensive coordinator, which is – How does that big. work? Do you say, okay, uh, to your employer, I'm not going to coach this year. Can you keep a job for me, though, because I want to come back? And then you hire you hire a guy that, that knows he's only going to be there a year? That's, um, that's interesting. Yes, I wonder sir. how that's going to work out. I, I don't know how that's going to work out I'm going to say they slap a Band-Aid on for a year and promote somebody that's on the defensive staff. Maybe so. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's what they did with their offensive coordinator. So, yeah. Uh, moving on to the NBA, we're going to dive more at length into them later here in the next segment. But the Hawks fired Nate McMillan after a 29 and 30 start. They hired forward jazz coach Quinn Snyder as his replacement and is expected to begin coaching as soon as tonight. Kevin Durant is expected to make his debut in Phoenix on Wednesday. Damian Lillard went off for a career-high 71 points over the Rockets earlier this week. The Lakers came back from a 27-point deficit to beat the Mavericks, the largest comeback by any team this season. But now that push, after they had won three in a row, in doubt as LeBron James is expected to miss an extended period with a foot injury <laughs> suffered in the win over Dallas. Does this doom their playoff chances, Jordan? Yes, it does. Um, you know, LeBron. LeBron's are, we know LeBron's a good player. Um, but I, I think it's a confidence thing too when he's on the floor compared. Look at the plus minus when he's not. I know I got a really close friend that I play basketball with, pick up basketball with. That's a diehard Lakers fan, and each week we play, John, I hear about LeBron when he's on the floor versus the Lakers. The Lakers when LeBron's on the floor versus when he's not, and um, it's the truth though. The stats are there. They, it's like a different confidence level when he is playing. So I, I think this hurts them. I still think they'll limp into possibly a play-in, but I think they miss. I think they can miss the playoffs if he doesn't come back for a while. Um, and then you mentioned Damian Lillard scoring seventy-one. Of course, Donovan Mitchell scored seventy-one this year as well, and it's the first time that 
two NBA players have scored 70 plus points in the same season. I believe only eight people have done it, period. So, yeah, it's pretty, pretty remarkable to see the scoring. But I think this is just the beginning of what we're going to see in the, the coming years for the offensive side of the, you know, for the NBA. I mean, there's always a ton of points scored. And I remember just five years ago, and I know you remember this too, because, you know, obviously we've been watching ball a while, but it wasn't, it, it was pretty normal to see a 97 to 86 finish. And yes. now we're at, now we're at 126 to 113 every night. And I think in two more years, we'll be at 145 to 132 every night. So I think we're going to keep adding offense to the NBA for sure. Well, and to to that effect, we had the second highest scoring game in NBA history over the weekend between the Clippers and the Kings, 176-175. And I mean, look, I flipped it on in the second overtime and got to see the end of it. It it, it was wild. Malik Monk, De'Aaron Fox, both going for 40. Uh, Russell Westbrook debuted for the Clippers with 17 points and 14 assists. He fouled out after 39 minutes. Uh, 44 threes combined, wow. both teams shooting 58% or better. From the floor. I mean, you want to talk about offense? No defense played there. The three ball is where the NBA is headed. I mean, oh yeah. I know we, we got some elite post players in the league right now. You got Embiid, you got Jokic. Um, I mean, I think you would throw um, a, a Bam up there. I can't ever say his last name. Adebayo. Adebayo. Yeah. And then you got. I mean, there's several. There's several guys. I know I'm missing several, but there's there's guys up there that can play inside. But John, what can all of them do? They can all shoot the three as well. So. I think that's where the league's headed. I think you're going to see a lot more offense is in the coming years for sure. No doubt about that. Uh, Major League Baseball is cranking up in spring training, and they have implemented the pitch clock, um, which has brought the average length of games down from what was last year, three hours and six minutes, to about two and a half hours now. Um, you had that wild ending to the spring game affected by the pitch clock because Cal Conley was called for a strike for not being in the batter's box with eight seconds left on the pitch clock. So what are your thoughts on this, Jordan, and how it is affecting baseball so far? Trash. You hate it. I hate it. Why? (laughs) Because it's not baseball anymore, man. Baseball is the one sport that you cannot run out the clock. You cannot – I mean, this is before all this. You cannot knee it. You cannot say, okay, I'm up, you know, 10 points. Other team don't have timeouts. I'm going to need this out. You got to get every, you got to make every pitch. You got to get every out before the game's over. And that was what made baseball baseball, man. It was, it was fun to watch that. You're never technically, I mean, you're out of games. Obviously, if you're down six to one in the ninth, you're pretty much out of the game, but it was never over till it was over. You, you could get string a couple hits together because they had to get 27 outs. And I, I think when you add this to this to the game, um, it, it takes away from it. I mean, baseball is already struggling because a lot of people want to watch football and basketball on TV um, because they're quicker pace, and you already you already got younger generations who aren't as much interested in this game. So I don't think this do, does anything but hurt it. I mean, because it's taken away from what the game is and what the game was founded on. Well, and I, I'll put it this way too. Here's the other angle of this. You know, everybody's saying they want baseball to be more watchable. They want it to be more entertaining and all this. It doesn't and that. make it more entertaining. Well, right? and I'm, and, you know, I'm, I'm not even going to accede or, or disagree with the, the point. My point is, does it really matter if no one can watch it? I mean, I can't watch the Cardinals on Bali Sports because I have, you know, I mean, I watch, I watch my TV on Hulu. I mean, and, and Bali Sports, which is what predominantly runs most of these local, you know, baseball teams' coverage is not available on any of the streaming packages, YouTube TV, Hulu, you know, whatever. 
And so, so you, you know, only you watch them if they're on national televised games. Then yes. Yeah. And so, I mean, the point is, if you want people to watch your sport, you have to make it available for people to watch your sport. <laughs> yeah. I mean, granted, I know the NBA is, you know, on national TV, and I can watch the Grizzlies when they're on national TV, but same thing. I can't watch the Bali Sports broadcast. I can't watch the local games because Bali Sports is not available. So if you want that to change, you want your viewership to go up, you want people to watch your product, you got to make it available to the fans. It's a good point. That's I mean, point. so – you know, whether you agree or disagree with the pitch clock, uh, no one's going to watch because no one can watch. <laughs> um, so, uh, I mean, that, that's where I'm at with it. I mean, it, it's, Drop the hammer on them. Drop the I mean, hammer on them. getting irritating. It is. I mean, so, uh, yeah. I mean, that, that. I guess you could call that my, my rant for, for today. A <laughs> um, couple of notes on the Padres who are expected to be really good this year. They gave third baseman Manny Machado an 11-year, $350 million extension but they also lost their ace, Joe Musgrove, to a fractured toe in a weight room mishap. He is out indefinitely. Um, moving on to a quick college basketball headline before we take a break and get into the sport as a whole. Alabama star Brandon Miller reportedly gave Darius Miles the gun that he used to kill a woman. Nate Oates said he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, how is this not a bigger story than it is. I mean, you you literally had to kick a guy off the team for capital murder, and now you found out where he got the gun was from your your stud, uh, Jordan. Yeah, it doesn't go too well. Um, you know, the argument is uh, he was just taking back his property to him. But anytime you get a text at two thirty in the morning saying, "Hey, bring me my gun," obviously, you know that's not good. Um, you know, it, it's 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 a weird conversation because. You know, the police are saying he didn't leak. You know, he didn't do anything illegal. He took the property to somebody, uh, took their property to somebody. But, you know, I just wonder if it was somebody else, would it be any different? You know, that's that's the main thing for me. Um, and if this was just a walk on at Alabama, I don't believe he'd be with the team anymore. So this is uh, this is a sticky situation. And I'll, I'll leave it at that. It is very, very sticky indeed uh we will take a break we'll come back we'll get into more college basketball take a look at the latest edition of joe luinardi's bracketology and take a look at some conference tournaments that are cranking up this week stay tuned more coming up after this on the tri-state sports program presented by the hawks nest and jerry ward autoplex are you looking for a place to sit back relax and support your favorite sports teams it's the hawks nest bar and grill in martin on mondays three dollar well shots and one dollar ninety light cans also weekly cornhole tournaments with ten dollar blind draws sign ups at six and bags fly at seven titsy tuesdays trivia night two dollar well tequila shots two dollar ninety cans two for one well shots and also two dollar tacos wednesday wing wednesday with 50 cent wings karaoke on thursday and each and every weekend live music. So be sure to stop by and support your favorite local bands at the Hawks Nest at 105 Church Street in Martin. Segment three on the Tri-State Sports Program presented by the Hawks Nest and Jerry Ward Autoplex. We hadn't really had a chance to talk much about college basketball season, but as the calendar is set to turn to March tomorrow, we thought now was a good time to kind of give an update on where things stand. Currently, if you look at Joe Lenardi's bracketology that came out this morning, the top four seeds, if the tournament started today, in his estimation, would be Kansas, Houston, Alabama, and Purdue with Texas, Baylor, uh, let's see who the other, Kansas State and UCLA being the two seeds, and then Tennessee 
checks in as a three seed alongside Gonzaga, Arizona, and Marquette. So, but here's the thing, Jordan. This season has been so wild that we really haven't covered it much. Eight losses by the AP number one team this season, which is the most in a regular season, tied with 1993-94. You know, the thing I have been telling people all the time when we when we talk when I talk to them about this is I feel like you've kind of got a group of about 12 to 15 teams that if one of one or two of them get hot at the right time, you know, they can make a deep run and can, oh, yeah. be, can, can win this thing. But at the same time, because you've, I mean, again, 12 to 15 teams is a lot. There's not a clear cut favorite because, you know, everyone's been so up and down. I mean, you've got Houston right now, who's number one in the country, but you know, they do have two losses and, but other than that, I mean, everyone else, you go down the list, it's four, five, seven. I mean, you know, nobody really has just emerged as someone that's been this unbeatable juggernaut this year. I think we're going to have a double-digit seed in the Final Four. Really? I do. Because I think, again, it goes back to the thought process of a lot of those teams in the upper seeds have didn't play well in the beginning of the season, and they're getting hot towards the end of the season. Um, I think they find a way. I mean, definitely the Elite Eight, I could see the Final Four. And I, I could also see it being a champion that we haven't really talked a lot about this year. Maybe they were in the top, you know, 15 to 25 teams, but they haven't, you know, really fell down in the top five. Um, it's going to be fun. That's, that's what makes this tournament so fun to me. Uh, and you know more after the conference championships because you can tell who's getting hot. So this will be this will be a lot of fun to watch. But, yeah, I think I'm going to – I think I'm going to throw out a, a soft prediction there of a double-digit seed in the Final Four. Well, I mean, you've got some mid-majors that are currently in the top 25, like St. Mary's is in there, San Diego State. But, you know, the thing – and I heard someone talk about this not long ago. The thing that's always interesting to your point about getting hot is, you know, you'll run into one of these six or seven seeds or, or, you know, a five who kind of limped into the field. But then now they have to turn around and play – a 12 seed, a 13 seed, you know, an 11 who just burned through their conference tournament, won their conference tournament, and now they've won, you know, four or five in a row, and they are red hot. You know, and that's why we've seen the Oral Roberts, the St. Peter's of the world pull off stunners, Florida Gulf Coast, all these different, you know, these different teams that have made deep runs. Yeah, I mean, and that that really opens the door because of the inconsistency at the top. It opens the door for the people – um, you know, the higher seeds to, to make a run. And I'm excited again to watch and see uh, what happens. I think there's there's teams all across, um, you know, the college basketball world that can compete. And you mentioned 10 to 15. I think that's fair. I mean, I, I believe there's 10 or 15 teams that could really win this, this whole thing. Well, I mean, these are some of the favorites right now, just, you know, toward the top of the rankings. You've got Houston at number one. Bama's up there. Kansas is up there. UCLA, Purdue, Arizona. Of those – who would you lean toward right now? You know, I, I think it's uh, it's number one's been such a curse this year. Uh, I've seen a lot of Purdue. I've seen a lot of Alabama, obviously. And when Alabama's going, they're going, man. But you know, you saw a really good defensive team in Tennessee kind of lock them down. Kansas is good offensively. Um, you know, I, I really like Purdue though. Purdue's size is what makes them them hard to beat. Um, so I would probably, out of these, I'd probably lean maybe Purdue and probably Purdue and Kansas out of those would be my favorites at this point. Kansas obviously trying to repeat. You know, I did not realize how good UCLA was. I just saw them near the top of the pole and was like, wait, what? Yeah. They're, you know, they're good. Um, and then, of course, 
you know, like you said, Kansas is up there. Purdue's in the top five. And Arizona, who's been pretty good this year, currently I'm trying to see where they're ranked, number eight. So I think UCLA and Arizona play this weekend as most uh, conference regular seasons are coming to a close. We've got conference tournaments that have already kicked off this week. Did you see this, Jordan? Bellarmine picking up a dramatic win over North Florida last night on a last-second shot in the A-Sun tournament. So it has already started. Um, you've got plenty of basketball. I don't know if these games are going on during the day, but that's always what's fun to me, Jordan, is, you know, yes, maybe I slack off a little bit. You know, you can pull it up on your iPad and sit there and watch it while, you know, it's, it's going on at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. But the uh, the Horizon League, the Sun Belt, the NEC, the CAA, the Summit League, West Coast Conference, Southern MVC, Big South and the OVC all kick off this week. It's going to be a ton of fun. I'm ready, man. I'm ready. I love watching those tournaments too because those are those are the teams again. They're just fighting to try to get there. They they try to get that automatic bid by winning their conference, and it means so much when they can get that mm-hmm. bid. So we'll take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to take a look at the NBA standings as we have kicked started the final sprint after the All Star break. Stay tuned. More after this on the Tri State Sports Program. Powered by the Hawks Nest and Jerry Ward Autoplex. For your next car or truck, come see Jerry Ward Autoplex in Union City. Jerry Ward and his all-star team have a lot filled with pre-owned small, mid-sized, and full-sized cars, SUVs, and nice trucks, too. And if they don't have the right size, they'll find it for you. No matter what you're looking for, score your next ride at Jerry Ward Autoplex, Real Foot Avenue in Union City, or online at jerrywardautoplex.com. Like Jerry always says, don't dream it, drive it. Be a winner with Jerry Ward Autoplex in Union City. Segment four on the Tri-State Sports Program presented by Jerry Ward Autoplex and the Hawks Nest. Well, we have turned the corner and with about 20-ish games to go, we are headed down the final stretch of the NBA season as the playoffs approach. And we're going to find out how things play out. Obviously, a lot of big moves at the deadline, so we wanted to kind of go through the standings as they stand and kind of see what we think, how these things are going to unfold. So let's go to the Western Conference first. The Nuggets currently the number one seed with a five-and-a-half game lead on the Grizzlies, who are 36-23, and 23, ahead of the Kings at three, 35-25. And, and then after that, it gets really, really tight. With the Suns at four, the Clippers at five, the Mavericks at six, the Warriors seven, the Jazz at eight, and then in the play-in slots behind the Jazz and Warriors, the T-Wolves, and the Pelicans with the Blazers, Lakers, and Thunder all in the hunt for the play-in. So, you know, Jordan, I will say this, and this is what's what's kind of interesting about this. You know, everybody was quick to pencil in the Suns as Western Conference favorites, but we yet have yet to even see KD play with the exactly. Suns. So, you know, how quickly can he mesh with them, and, and do we still need to look at some of these other teams toward the top as teams that can make deep runs because we don't know what we're going to get out of the Suns yet? And what, are, what people are forgetting, too, is you got to have bench help to make long postseason runs. And the Suns just traded away a lot of their help from off the bench So to get KD. Um, star power looks great, but you know everybody's got to mesh and play well together. And, again, when you go to those that second rotation, how good are they going to be now? Um, I'm, I'm not sold on them. I said that, I think, a couple of weeks ago when we talked about it. I've got to see it uh, with my own eyes first. There's only 20-something games left here to try to figure this out. So I still lean, John. If you ask me today to definitely a champion, NBA champion, I would go away from the Suns. I'd take the field. And more than likely the Western Conference uh, champion, I would probably go away from the Suns as well. I think they can, um, you know, make it to maybe round two. But I just don't know 
I'm not sold on them yet. I do think when you look at the roster, you should say, yeah, they should easily do it, but I'm not sold on them yet. There's a lot of good teams here. The Nuggets, Grizzlies, Kings are a young team that's playing really good. The Mavericks, obviously, with their star power. Um, Clippers, when they're hot, I mean, they're really good. And we've seen a lot more PG-13 and Kawhi together this year. They just added Russell Westbrook, who's the defensive president, and obviously can share the basketball. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of really good teams, and I think the Suns have to prove that they're uh, good enough to win this thing. Well, and here's what's interesting. You know, if the Grizzlies and the Kings can hold Pat at that 2-3 line, it gets really interesting because, you know, Jordan, I was on a podcast, they brought this up. This is kind of interesting. You know, we, we talked about and kind of gave some doubt on that the Grizzlies are ready for that deep run. Well, I mean, you think about this. If the Grizzlies and the Kings both advance, they would play each other in the semifinals. They wouldn't have to see the Nuggets, the Suns, the Clippers, any of those teams until round two. Uh, or to the conference finals, for that matter. And so it really sets up for one of these young teams, if they can stay on that 2-3 line there, it really sets up well for one of those two teams to make a deep run if yep. you know they can hang on. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, that's the main thing is can they hang on? I mean, that's the way these the way the playoffs go uh, in the NBA. You know, again, it depends on how things are going down the stretch of the season, who's getting hot at the right time, and – if you're one of those teams that fights your way up out of the play-in into the seven or eight seed, you may be really hot. And they always say, "Well, if I'm a one seed, I don't want to run into them." So, you know, it, it's going to be it's going to be really interesting to, to watch this unfold for sure. As those teams in the play-in are kind of duking it out right now between the Warriors, Jazz, Wolves, Pelicans, and then the Blazers, Lakers, and Thunder in the hunt, how do you see it shaping out? I mean, I, I think that you know. The Pelicans, the Pelicans' issue is they can't keep everybody on the floor at one time. Um, you know, again, you got—I know you didn't mention the Warriors there at the seven and eight seed there, or at the seven seed. Um, you know, they're obviously good when their star power is healthy. Um, but the Lakers, depending on LeBron's status, the Thunder are good. I mean, they're a good young team. And then the Blazers. I mean, how you basically depending on uh, Lillard to just go and go bockers all the time. So. I mean, really, all of them are about the same to me. It's kind of a toss-up of who gets hot at the right time. I think if LeBron ends up being okay, um, that you know the Lakers could be a team that you're looking at as one of the favorites for sure. Yeah. Well, no, they would be quintessential if you're the Nuggets. Man, I don't want to see them in the first round. Yeah, exactly. Um, because they really made some nice moves at the deadline. Let's go to the Eastern Conference, where right now it is so, so top-heavy in that conference. You've got Boston and Milwaukee who are tied roughly on win percentage. Milwaukee has got red hot after the All-Star break. They've won 14 games in a row. Boston sits right behind them. They're 44-18. and 18. Philly is four games back from that, those pair with a 39-21 and 21 record behind them. It's Cleveland, the Knicks, the Nets, who are tumbling, obviously, after a tumultuous trade deadline. And then in the play-in, the Heat, the Hawks, the Raptors, and the Wizards with the Bulls, Pacers, and Magic lurking, trying to make a run. So, you know, I think a lot of people kind of look at Milwaukee and Boston as the favorites, and justifiably so. And if they ran into each other in the conference finals, do you think the home court makes a an enormous difference in who would win that series? Yeah, because when it comes down to game seven, if they do go the distance, obviously you'll be playing at home. So I do think it could be a, uh, a big factor. Um, you know, when you look at the Eastern Conference, I think you look from six up. I mean, the Heat are decent at seven, but – You'll get the really you could swap out the heat for the Nets because I don't think they're going to be able to do it. But the Knicks, Cavs, Sixers, Bucks, Celtics, those teams all have an opportunity. 
Um, you know, but I, again, I lean Celtics and Bucks, and the Celtics are the most complete team. They're really good, man. They're really, really good. They got a lot of good players that come off the bench. They're a good defensive team. They can score at will, and they got multiple guys that can go get a bucket. And the way Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum mesh is pretty incredible too. So I still lean the Celtics, but, I mean, I it's hard to count out Giannis too because Milwaukee can get hot at the right time as well. Well, the thing about last year that Milwaukee's going to be thinking about you know, when they ran into each other in the semifinals, Milwaukee didn't have Chris Middleton. Yep. And so if if they're healthy when they run into each other again, watch out. Um, do you see Philly and Cleveland as threats to make any sort of a deep run? Obviously, they're right there. They're young. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, go ahead. 76ers, definitely. I mean, I think Cleveland's good enough to make a run, but the 76ers, I feel like, has, have a few more pieces, and Bede is incredible. You know, so – I think as long as he's there, they're always going to have a shot. But I still think it's it's Boston and, and Milwaukee definitely is the favorites. Is there enough time left for the Nets to kind of hang around in this, do you think? I think so, because they have enough decent pieces to hang around. Now, I mean, I don't think they're in the top three or four that are going to compete to win the, the East. But I think because they're they're decent enough, they're going to get enough wins to, to get in the playoffs. I definitely think they'll be in. I don't think they're going to fall all the way out. Yeah. Going to be interesting to see how it shapes up real quick. I'm going to see when do the NBA playoffs start. Just I'm doing this live on the air. Why not? <laughs> um, let's see. So you are looking at the play-in tournament will take place April 11th through the 14th. So you're looking at about a month and a week yep. out, Jordan. About a yep. month and a week out. And then that will be really fun for about two months there. It should be a lot of fun. Let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll go to the stock market. We'll wrap up the show with that. On the other side, it is the Tri-State Sports Program presented by the Hawks Nest and Jerry Ward Autoplex. Are you looking for a place to sit back, relax, and support your favorite sports teams? It's the Hawks Nest Bar and Grill in Martin. On Mondays, $3 well shots and $1 90 light cans. Also, weekly cornhole tournaments with $10 blind draws. Sign ups at 6 and bags fly at 7. Titsy Tuesdays, trivia night, $2 well tequila shots, $2 90 cans, two-for-one well shots, and also $2 tacos. Wednesday, Wednesday. Wednesday with 50 Cent Wings, karaoke on Thursday, and each and every weekend live music. So be sure to stop by and support your favorite local bands at the Hawks Nest at 105 Church Street in Martin. Final segment of the show today on the Tri-State Sports Program presented by the Hawks Nest and Jerry Ward Autoplex. It is time for the stock market, addressing various takes, prophecies, lists, anything that we have caught our eye with, and I may throw in another one, or I may hold off on it. I don't know. I had one in the back of my mind. I didn't write it down, but uh, may hold off on it today because I know Jordan has to go and sell. Um, he's got to put food on the table for his uh, soon-to-be <laughs> newborn baby and as well as his wife. So may just help. You know what? It would be good to have that one for Michael a little next week. I'll just there hold, we we'll there hold we it off for now. Um, but let's start. Marshawn Lynch put out a list of his top five running backs in the NFL, and I don't think this was in any order. But, Jordan, I wanted to see what you thought. Buy or sell, This was these were his five. Najee Harris, Saquon Barkley, Derrick Henry, Josh Jacobs, and Nick Chubb. Do you buy or you sell? Thank you for saying that it wasn't in any particular order because I was fixing to have a uh, struggle. Oh, I know you are. Reading this. I, Najee Harris at one, that's what I thought at first. It had, a, had me thrown off. I do think these are probably the, the top five. Uh, I mean, there may be a few other guys. Christian McCaffrey's guy I immediately think of when he's healthy that could po- possibly have an argument. Um, Josh I Jacobs, do what? Yeah, 
I think McCaffrey has to be in there at least over yeah. Harris. I think you have to have Taylor in there somewhere when he's Austin healthy. Taylor, yeah, yeah. And you know, I I do think consistency. Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, Saquon, but was Barkley's had some injuries, but Josh Jacobs, the year he had, obviously he's going to be in the conversation. Jonathan Taylor's incredible when he's healthy. Um, I think this is a really hard conversation to ha- to have because each of them mean a little bit something different to their respective teams and what they're trying to do. Do you put Dalvin Cook in there anywhere? I don't think so. I don't either. I don't but he would so. be a popular name that I think people would think about. Yeah, he's decent. I mean, and Kamara when he's healthy. Yeah, Kamara. Yeah. So I think overall sell because I mean we're we're sitting here naming other names that we think should be in there. I mean, I think I think when you look at it, I think Henry, Barkley, and Chubb are locks. And I know Jacobs had a great year, but I mean Jacobs is he's battled his own injuries. He's been inconsistent. Harris has been argue, inconsistent. I would argue Barkley being a lock. You think Barkley being a lock? Just because of the injuries. Yeah. And Henry's okay. been hurt too. But I, I feel like Henry I feel like Henry and Chubb are locks because they're 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 really consistent and they're really good and you know what you're getting each yeah. week from them. Barkley had a really good year this year, but he was very but she was also on the giant. So it's yeah. it's really hard to it's hard to figure out there. Yeah. So I'll mm-hmm. okay, okay, so then Henry and Chubb you lock in, and then I think you have to add CMC. I think you have to add Taylor mm-hmm. and then Maybe then you debate between Jacobs and Barkley. I mean, Jacobs has to be in after this year, if because yeah. what the, the list is fluid. That's what Stephen yes. A. says all the time. So, yes, think you gotta think you gotta put him in there. All right, here's another one for you. We we kind of discussed this earlier. Since the number one pick is likely to be traded, and we, you would imagine that whoever trades for it is going to take a quarterback. The quarterback taken at number one will have the worst career of the quarterbacks in this draft class. I'll sell it because I think it's Bryce Young or CJ Stroud, and I think they have the better they have better careers than anybody else, probably in the draft class. All right, I, I just I don't know. It's the sticky situation of the history of <laughs> of the teams that have traded up. But y'all need to be not, the one to trade up. Then the Colts need to be the one to trade up. Oh, I mean, we're already in the top five. To me, if you hold Pat, now, but that's the that's the stickiness of it because if someone like the Raiders or the Panthers moves up. Then what do you do? Because they might take your guy. Yep. So I, I, I don't know. Um, college basketball. Obviously, we're talking about March Madness earlier. Two number one seeds will fail to reach the Sweet 16. Buy or sell? Uh, I'm gonna buy it. I think I think this really? is that's, that sets up now. You know, I'm sitting here a month, you know, a few weeks I'm away from the it. tournament. Depends on who the one seeds are, but I it, it's I absolutely could set, see three. It. What three? Three I would buy. Two I'm gonna sell. Really, you would buy three, but you're not gonna buy two. Well, I'm saying it backwards. I think. Oh, I think okay. I'm saying it backwards. What was the question? Two number one seeds fail. Okay, fail. That's yeah. where you got me there. Yeah, I got I got lost there. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. This is tough. This is tough because again, it goes back to who are the one who are the one seeds, but the teams have been so inconsistent at the top. It kind of makes me. It kind of makes. That's me why I'm out. buying it. I, I absolutely yeah, can see this. Yeah. yeah, I'm. I'm absolutely on it. I mean, I yeah. think yes. I absolutely think it, you could see this. Um, and then to your point earlier, I'm going to take it a step further, Jordan. A seed below number five wins the tournament. Seed below number five wins the whole thing. Let me buy. Why not? All right. 
about so like a six a seven maybe an eight seed even you I mean north yeah. carolina made it to the final is an what an eight or a nine last year i mean yeah i think a 10s in the a 10 or 11s in the final four so I'll, I'll buy it okay all right i'm with you i think i think it's very i think it's very likely in this kind of year to the nba charles barkley put out this quote the other day KD is a great player, but he's not better than Giannis. Do you buy or sell Sir Charles's comment there? Man, that's, it's just they're different players. They're both really, really yeah. good, depending on what you need. Uh, I'm indifferent on this because I don't think that – I just look at them as pretty much even playing ground based off what they can do. But Giannis is the most – I mean, he's really – he's most explosive. He gets, When he's going downhill to the basket, he's hard to stop, but – KD also when he's healthy is really good. So this is a really hard one for me. I'm gonna choose not to answer this one, John. Man, you're gonna you're gonna cop out. Man, give me uh, uh, give give me Giannis over KD. I think I'd take Giannis right now too, because yeah, Giannis, Giannis has a has, has a proven track record of staying on the floor more than KD does. That's where Giannis. I'm at. That's where yeah. I'm at. Final one. Even with LeBron's injury, the Lakers make the play in because I think they'll rush him back. I'm going by it. You think they rush him back? I think they rush him back. They're gonna they're gonna crap their pants if they're looking like they're not getting in the playoffs, and he's gonna be out there on hobble ankle, and he's gonna find a way to get him in. To the, See, to I, the I think I think he's not gonna come back till right around the play in, and then yeah. that's where they're gonna get hot and they're gonna make the playoffs, and that they're gonna be Which that. That would team. only be that would only be about ten or fifteen games from now. Yes. I mean, because you only got about twenty <laughs> something games left. So yeah, you're probably talking about probably talking about four weeks. Five weeks. It's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. That's going to do it for our show today. We're on the air again tonight. Myself, Coach Eddie Suter, Union City Boys in Region 6AA semifinal action over at Camden. They'll take on Milan, where the late game might be 7-15 or a little later when we go on the air. But be sure to tune in for that again. Tape delayed tonight due to TWSAA broadcast restrictions. Jordan, any final thoughts before we sign off? Great show. Obviously, uh, appreciate you guys sticking with us and looking forward to uh, – to, uh, seeing you guys again. Obviously, we'll have um, Michael Odom next week, March the 6th, Monday, March 6th, uh, and we will uh, be chatting about some state championship basketball, which is crazy to think about. will be fun to talk about. We'll talk to him next week, but that's going to do it for our show today. For myself, John Thornton, for Jordan Taylor, thanks so much for watching or listening wherever you did. Good morning, and God bless from the Tri-State Sports Program presented by the Hawks Nest and Jerry Wardado Blacks. <laughs>